Last time on Crittenden. The group found themselves in the final hour with the Agrawl and a cornered Jerry the Fire Elemental locked in deadly combat. Gaskar, with a flash of ingenuity, splashed Dimroot Extract upon Jerry, halting the grasp of darkness upon his burning body and commanding a retreat inside the pocket-sized elemental container. Whom, at breakneck speed, with Walter, not so close behind, gathered the fresh Dimroot from the river, while Guild No One continued their defense against the Agrawl. During the struggle, Parker and Cruz almost lost their lives, had it not been for a surprising arrival of someone entirely unexpected. The Swift Leonin transported Elania back with Gaskar and Walter in tow as they crafted the Drought of Daylight, banished the power from the creature, and slew it handily, only to find their two unconscious allies and an unexpected visitor. One Edward Ludicious. What is he doing here, you ask? Let's find out. Also, having now killed the Agrawl successfully, you all have leveled up. So just right now, we're going to go through everyone's leveling right now, having now successfully completed this campaign against a monster. Well done. Chris Cornish, let's start with you. Yeah. Ah, okay. Um, so Gaskar has got some important leveling to do. So as an artificer, he now knows um, three more or two more infusions than he once did and can have three of them active at once. Um, and we'll kind of get to that as it comes up. One of the big things that he gets from an infusion is he can have armor of tools active uh, once a day. And this means that he's going to be super overpowered for any checks that have to do with, you know, any tools that he's proficient in. Another thing is that he has, uh, he can use a wand as an arcane firearm and allows him to add a D8 to any damage used through this wand. So yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that Gaskar is gonna start getting a little bit more aggro. Ooh, that's <laughs> kind of terrifying and I hate everything about what you just said. Uh, all right, uh, James, let's go to you. Oh, Cruz is getting so much this turn. And I just want to say that you forgot to uh, mention that Cruz discovered his fire breath. Hello. Oh, yes. No, that was also very important. Cruz learned to fire breathe. Yes, uh, which is which is huge for Dragonborns because when magic left the world, Dragonborns haven't been able to do that. And he uh, he learned to extra attack. He learned second wind. He got to boost his dexterity from 12 to 14. Uh, his HP shot up from 69 to 81. Oh, and we grabbed grappling as uh, a new feat. Also, just for the audience's sake, everyone has leveled up twice. So now they're at level six. Lola, you did not level up because you're already quite leveled up there. So we're just gonna, we're gonna leave your reward for when you turn in your contract. Mr. Flower or Elliot. 
Umval took one more level in Rogue and one more level in Wizard. Ooh. Wait, in Wizard? Surprise, surprise. Who is this Umval? Elliot, I swear, your character gets more layered every time we play. I like to keep the secrets uh, hidden and the surprises coming. At some point, there's got to be this massive reveal with Humval that's just going to floor everybody. And the audience is going to be drooling and salivating <laughs> over it all. I've been the silver shade all along. Do you joke about that, Humval? But I don't doubt it. No, but I picked up the uh, wizard path of blade singing. <laughs> Which, for all of you, it looks like who don't know what blade singing is, it is freaking terrifying. Three times per day for one minute. I get faster, harder to hit, and uh, I get to go lay the smack down. Yeah, he gets swords. So now you have a magic boy who can run up and hit you too. It's a little scary, not gonna lie. Don't worry, Sawyer. <laughs> I'm only here to turn your entire campaign on its head. Yeah, this is fair. Okay, now with level ups out of the way. Wait, what did Riggs take? What did Riggs take? Well, let's find out with all of you taking your headphones off. Parker, you open your eyes and you find yourself laying underneath a beautiful cherry blossom tree. You can feel the warmth of the bright sun and a cool breeze blowing your hair across your face. As your eyes adjust and you get your bearings, you find that you are atop the peak of a mountain Mist clouds fill the scenery around you, leaving you a lone island in the middle of a sea of white. A long, clear note echoes in the air around you before fading towards the horizon. Sitting up top on a rock that leans against the tree, you see a tan human man dressed in a gold and white kilt, slowly bringing a bow across the strings of a redwood violin. The music seems to echo out into the world around you like an ocean wave almost rocking you forward and backward gently with its melody. The man holds one last long note as he lifts the bow from the string, and you see him raise his hand in a grand arc and breathe in, savoring the last echoing note as it races away towards an unseen horizon. Paca Prax. His eyes flicker open, revealing irises of stark gold. You could swear they were made of true metal. It is well to meet you. I'm, I'm sorry, you have me at an advantage. I, you know my name, but I don't know you. Oh no, you know me most certainly. The name is Going, Lord of the Song. Going, like, like the god. Quite literally, actually. What, wait, where, where is this? Where am I? Well, right now, you're on the ground, in a very dark and desolate place, Parker. And I have brought you here, at least in spirit, so that I may speak with you. Mention of the Agral, it kind of all comes racing back to him of, uh, oh, yes, the Agral, the, 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 the guild, I, I, wait, I need to get back to them. I assure you, your friends are fine. They have slain the Agral, actually. You, right now, are the last person who is uh, unconscious. Even Cruz, right now, your fellow guild member, is still alive and actively being tended to. We only have this quiet moment, but 
I assure you it won't take much longer than that. Wait, are you saying I'm dead? Death is a concept for you mortals. You are, in a way, dead. But I can remedy this. Parker, long have I listened to the wind and rain and heard nothing. Long have I been trapped without an ear to petition a tune to or play a melody for. Through this endless silence, I heard you, actually. A song so clear it touched my very being. Yours is the song that I have been searching for, all the way from my plane to here. The way has been shut for so long now, but it is fading, and I am almost home. For that, I cannot thank you enough. And in this thanks I beseech thee, for one good and righteous deed deserves another. And what is this that you will give me? I see the hurt and pain in your heart by those who have wronged you, young satyr. And I do not speak of simply the agral. I see the two that you fear, and I wish to offer you my help, to break the strings of those who have done this to you, to protect your family. I will give you a portion of my power, but I am not at my full strength yet, for the journey here was a lonesome one. You need not bear dwelling on it. But he reaches out his hand. I will call upon you when I am yet stronger, and grant you even more strength to your song. But for now, I will give you what I can spare, for it shall be enough for what you need to accomplish. And... You see him take his violin and just kind of begin to play once again. Just kind of like this time a a quieter melody. You feel calm kind of overtake you and your heart slow. I need your word that you will help me regain my strength no matter what it takes. If this gives me the power to help protect my family, then I accept your terms. He lifts the bow off the string. You see him stow the bow in his hand in another arc, graceful as ever, reach out and offer to you. Then take my hand, young satyr, and continue your journey. I offer you the Pact of the Mockingjay. I will uh, reach out my hand. Okay. You take his hand, and a warm smile of genuine relief washes over his face. A tear begins to roll down his cheek as he closes his eyes again. Oh, how I've missed this. And suddenly your hand is jerked up as the bright world around you fades to dark twilight once more. You find your hand clasped in another's, helping you to your feet, a figure cloaked in a black robe with purple trim. Ah, good, good. Take a breath, Parker. You should be all right now. And with that, you all witness, for several of you who would recognize this, Edward Ludicius. Help Parker to his feet, kind of brushing him off as he does a little bit. Uh, Edward? Yes? Why are you here? Well, once I was going to ask you the same thing, but... Naturally, you, uh, I know the reason you're here. My experiments have taken a rather dangerous turn 
deeper into the fracture than I was previously anticipating, so I wanted to come here and make sure that they were not in the belly of some great beast or being stolen away by something or some other guild. And he holds up one of these small D8-sized uh, crystals that you had, uh, you guys had previously been told to, uh, to hide. Yes. Actually, Parker's going to check his pack. Does, like, is he missing any, or are they still on him? They are all there. Celadicious, uh, no. I haven't lost or had any misplaced. We were able to put one in mist and sweat, and I believe it was, what, the fourth level? No, uh, first level. <laughs> no, I thought we put another one somewhere else. We haven't even been to the fourth level. You guys put one in Mist and Sweat, one in the first level. Mist and Sweat was at the fourth level, wasn't it? That was second level. Oh, um, I can't count. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what? Uh, <laughs> Riggs can't count! I'll make the joke if no one else wants to. Not as funny. Uh, wow, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing back his hood, Edward Ludicius, the elvish, old elvish gentleman, finally kind of straightens himself up a little bit, trying to, like, make sure that he's looking a lot more presentable than he did, you know, walking into a battle, like, five seconds ago. Yes, uh, and I thank you for your work, but at the same time, when I got word as guild sponsor that several of my guild members had been sent down to the eighth level on a death sentence, still holding the very things that I have spent so much of my life researching and how to build, I just had to make sure that you were safe. Let's call it at that. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, as you can see, we are not dead. Almost, but not. Yes, I can imagine. But not dead. Yes, that creature was formidable. Is that the Agral? I turn and face Lola. Right? That was it, right? Please tell me that was it. It is. Yes. Very good. Well, it's good to know that you are all not dead. And you are? And he looks to you, Alanya. I'm Alanya from Guild No One. Who are you? I am Edward Ludicius. I am Guild Sponsor of the Guild of No One, matter-of-factly. Well met. Your news of your departure deep within the fracture has led to many believe you are dead. Would I like it that way? Very well. Well, your friends here are the ones who voted me in. I have been granting your people with a little extra cash along the way. Uh, unfortunately, they are supposed to be doing a job for me as well. And it's very rather important. So I just came to check up on them. Cruz is going to sit up out of the dirt. He's going to stretch and he's going to go, Ludicious, can I ask you a solid question? Because I've experienced something down here that shouldn't happen. Yes, what do you need? I'm putting some puzzle pieces here together. That little device, is it absorbing the latent magic energy produced in the fractures? My devices? Yes, your devices. My devices? Well... In a way, uh, I have been working on trying to cut down on the amount of magic that it requires to teleport both within and out of the fracture, and doing so without tearing oneself up in the process. Uh, these act as 
think of it like a pinpoint on a map between two pieces of string. It kind of lead gives you a little bit more of a, a leading line between two places. Uh, it seems as though it's worked so far. I was attempting to show up here, and I guess I have, recognizing that it was, was about as deep as it can get. Uh, but yes, these do run off of the latent magic that is deep within the fracture. However, uh, it still requires a bit of a spark to get it going up top. I haven't quite figured it that, that far yet. So... Can you show me how it absorbs the magic? Because if we can absorb magic down here, then we could possibly produce more magic tech drives up top. But that's not even important. Check this out, and I'm going to poof out a little flame and be like, Dragonborns aren't supposed to do that no more. My goodness, my dear Cruz, you have grown. Very impressive. Uh, yes, no, the fractures are echoes of a time long past. The deeper you go, the more magic seems to take hold into what it would be known as the days of old. I did tell you this, Cruz, when I first met you. <clears throat> yes, if you would have been paying attention. I'm aware. I'm putting the pieces together that you weren't just pulling our leg, and I didn't know that Ludicius knew this already. Kind of sent us in a little blind on what was going on. And as Cruz is saying this, he's going to walk over, um, pull a bag out, like a sack out of his back uh, pouch, and he's going to flop it open, pick up the Agral's head, and shove it in it. Yeah, so I just wanted to clarify if he knew this was happening. I had my theories. I had no solid evidence, to be fair. On top of all this, I also explained most of it to you in the first place when I explained to you a little bit more about my devices and how they do use the latent magic, so I'm not exactly sure what I didn't tell you the first time or what she, I'm beginning to like you more, also didn't tell you when you were down here the other time. So, <laughs> Let's just say I, it's one of those things that i got to see it to believe it. Now that I've seen it and I've experienced it, I believe it. I mean, come on, you, you can't blame me for not believing it seeing how on the surface magic has been gone for a hundred plus years oh it is not a matter of belief but rather amount of trust that i am so unfortunate to believe that you have so little of me i'm starting to agree with this guy thank you but what i want to know that i cannot figure out for all of my investigation is how to open the inner mechanisms of Castiel's box. Really? That's what you're going to ask him? I think it's a great question. You have spent quite some time with my little trinket then, haven't you? Oh, we've been having fun with it. I'm going to ask you right now. All right. Is Castiel inside this box powering it? If I told you the truth, would you believe me? Oh, I... Don't think I would not believe a... Let's put it this way. I've experienced some weird, weird stuff in just the last 48 hours that has opened my mind up to a whole lot of possibilities. All right. Well, let me tell you this. Castiel's box is not powered by Castiel, unfortunately. It is not as you would have put it. However, it is not completely absent of a touch similar to Mr. Castiel, who if you would have not, or if you would have remembered by one of its renditions of the song, was not entirely human. 
Oh, I understand. I Correct. don't really fully know the whole story with Castiel besides what Parker was able to regale me with from his Bardic knowledge at Bardic Community College. But now I need to know, is this powered by Valia? Valia, one of the dead gods? Surely you jest. Oh, I do not jest. And I would like you to prove it by opening it, revealing its power source. Or you very well may not be the sponsor of the Guild of No One for very much longer. You see a smile break across his face. And he takes three steps up to you. And just kind of kind of stands over you, looks down, putting his hands behind his back. My dearest friend, I sponsored your guild not because I wanted to sow any form of disbelief. I granted you this to help you. If you need me to prove what it actually does, you need only ask. There'd be no need for threats between friends. And he holds out his hand. Thank you for making that clear and being cooperative. Let's just say I've not experienced a lot of cooperative people, especially when they are seeking to manipulate something for their own agenda. Not claiming that that is you, but you are suspicious. And I hand over Castiel's box. Well, that was very painful to hear. And he stoops down to you, holds the box. You see him bring out a screwdriver. Okay, that that infuriates Gaskar, and he jumps up on the guy's shoulder look, get, to get a very close look. Okay. As he sets it on the ground, the rest of you gathering around, if you show, if you choose to do so. Um, actually, I would like to take this time, since I haven't done it yet, is I was going to take one of his uh, devices and go stash it in Lola's cabin. Yes, brilliant. While everyone is uh, distracted. All right. Real sleight of hand. Uh, 25. 25. Uh, you're able to lift it very quickly off of Parker from his back. Uh, roll stealth check real quick, just for funsy doodles, in order for you to get to Lola's cabin unnoticed. Excuse me, Elania's. Elania, Lola, same person. That is a different way of, hit, of hitting 25. All right, well, you managed to successfully get to Elania's cabin, stow the, uh, the piece, and get back out. The rest of you, as you watch, Edward opens the flaps. And Gaskar, you see him place the screwdriver right in the middle of the bottom board of Castiel's box. And just start twisting. And at first, nothing happens. And then you see a screw begin to lift. Just over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And you see this screw... That's probably about six inches long. Pop out of the middle, completely invisible to the naked eye. And as he does so, you see him stick his pinky in the hole and lift it. The entire bottom floofs out of the box. And inside you see a wondrous machination before you. You see gears kind of lining the inside going up and turning into the rest of the box. You see in it a coal. You see in it a feather. You see in it several smaller canisters of what seem to be fluid of some sort. It looks like this is 
at least filled with very questionable vials of stuff. Now, Edward. Yes. Explain some of this to me because I'm just curious. Why is there a feather? So, this is how it works. If I were to take, let's say, and he pulls a ball bearing out of his pocket. If I were to take this and set it in the box, what it would do after it seals itself so as to not get any fingers or body parts caught within it, you would see all of the doors that you had put in open. The key to this is it takes a random object from within it and begins to craft it into the said object via, and you see him specifically point to the feather and point to the ball bearing and point to several other knives kind of arranged in a kind of folded direction. This, given its weight, would have triggered the feather. With that, the rest of the other knives would have scored it, immediately giving it kind of a feather-like stature to it. Now, those vials are the other part to it. They have been crafted from some of the blood of creatures from within the fracture. These liquids have been known on occasion to grant sentience to creatures. Hmm. Yep, that checks out. Are you quite satisfied, Mr. Gaskar? Uh, I would like to do a couple of things. First of all, you would see Gaskar pull out his tinkerer tools and say, keep this box open one one ah, sec. Ah, 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 I'm ah, not ah. going to go inside your box. Mm-hmm. That sounds really weird. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I'm not going to go inside. I'm not going to mess with anything. Just wait one moment. All right. You see, you see Gaskar pull out his tinkerer's tools and begin to on his um, on his armor make a small little slit and draw in a few sigils with okay. tools that will begin to glow just a little bit then inserts the tool into the slit that he made and instantly from the sigils almost what looks like circuitry begins to expand out across his armor and this is now the the feature of armor of tools and from it a magnifying glass to get a closer look into things emerges from Gaskar's sleeve and magnifies greatly the inner workings of things and I would now like to as a tinkerer's seek to observe the inner workings of this to greater detail. Roll a d20, please. Okay. Ten. What is your wisdom score? Um, it's 14, plus two. Okay. Um, then yes, make a tinkerer tools check, please. Okay. Okay, so that is a five on the die for a non-natural 20. Okay. For the time being, it seems inert, without a necessary power source giving it life, though you do see and are able to observe to better intellect how this box may work, though it it seems really complicated. 
beyond what you've ever dealt with on a level of complication. So I guess what I am looking for, is there indeed no trace of Valia or some other thing that may be emanating a life force like a divineling, to the best of my understanding? To the best of your understanding, looking at this, roll a d20. And that one. Okay. Not necessarily regarding the results of your of that role at all. No, it does seem completely benign of anything anything even really magical. It seems to truly be fully mechanical. Hmm. Interesting. And Edward, if we were to open up it was like there another access hatch in order to get to these gears on the other side like is there another view of this well yes there is okay i'm just kind of curious i want to know for in future purposes as i want to keep investigating things because this is a marvelous piece of crafting and it, it pegs my curiosity oh but of course i knew it would for you uh yes now Again, the machine can overheat, so make sure that you're not putting too many things in it all at once. Mm. At that, I look over at Cruz and hop down from uh, his shoulder. All right. That suffices your look, then? Oh, yes, my dear. Is there any way we can access these checkpoints? <laughs> or can we utilize them? Um, well, now, that's a, that's a very personal question. These are parts of a ongoing research of mine. I flip him my my switch, Sawyer. Can you attune this to your things? You see him flip it around a couple times. What were you saying, my dear? Um, what I was saying was uh, I also do a lot of research within levels, and I might be able to help you with some of my own research within the levels of the fraction. I've been to every one up to this point. So, it could be beneficial for both. And if you're a sponsor for a guild no one, it would also help you. Very well. Mr. Gaskar, you see him pull out from his back pocket one of the crystals that he kind of stowed away in order to mess with the box. Uh, but actually, before he does all that, you see him place the, uh, the box top right back on and begin to screw it back down. That is so frustrating. That is so... You think I would make it easy in order to access the inner workings of such a complicated device? You have no idea how many times I have... Is this a burn mark on the outside? You monsters! Yeah. It gave us a friend. And that's all I'm going to say on that. I imagine it did. Now, Elania, I will grant you and your group access to my crystals on one condition. You regale to me all of the nature of the notes you have taken thus far in the fracture. I think that's fair. I was going to say, do you have a lot of time? Because there's a lot of notes. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Uh, considering this fact, as he takes your switch, Gaskar, and begins to inscribe on the back of it, using just like the tip of his nail. 
Hmm. All right. And he hands you one of the crystals with it back to you. Keep them attached and keep them attached in any way you see fit. I don't have the tools on it right now to do it, but if you are to keep this on, speak the sigil in the back as I know you can, you will be able to teleport to any of one of your previously placed crystals. And we can do this from outside of the fracture as well as inside? Outside of the fracture, it'll require a level two Magitek drive, hmm. but that's the spark that I mentioned earlier. Okay, but we can do it. We can do it right here and go to another one. Yes. Now there is a little bit of danger in doing so. You could wind up within a mile of your previously set stone. You could wind up within right on it. Worst case scenario, you wind up a level or two around where you want it to go. Again, the science is not perfect. These are prototypes in the works. Hmm. So just understand the dangers as with the, the benefits. Honestly, this could help us out a lot if we can perfect this. It will indeed, my dear, which is why I've spent so long trying to do so. I'm sorry, did you say a level or two if you... That, that's a big error. Again, I have not perfected it. I have attempted, and I was actually very glad to have wound up at your corpse, practically, when I did. Hey, I appreciate your timing. Oh, thank you, Cruz. I, I can't say I don't as well. Uh, Cruz, what are you doing playing over with the Agral? I'm looking to harvest anything for profit or crafting, any scales, anything that it has on it that I can uh, either craft into a weapon or sell to my name is for a profit. Uh, Roll a nature check. Alanya, you've already taken its heart, correct? Not yet. Oh, okay. You should put Cruz on that. Hey, while you're over there. Yeah, would you mind... That's a 16. 16? All right. You're able to do some pretty interesting features of the creature. Specifically, what draws your eye is the second bull that was kind of in the center of its body. Uh, Accessing that via your sharp knife, you're able to remove its heart for one and several other smaller glands filled with a very black brackish fluid. Actually, let let me go to the dice on this. You're able to remove four of them. So I got four glands, one heart. Yep. Any spikes, horns, fingernails, claws? Actually, yes, no. All of the the uh, fingernail claws, you're able to remove 18 of those from the tendrils that kind of emanate from it. Yeah, this thing was an entire, like, prolonged, fingery clawed mess like this this was not a pleasant thing to wind up in the middle especially when you couldn't see anything around you Cruz is gonna walk over to Ilana and just kind of flop the wet heart right into her hands and like here you go thanks <laughs> that is like the most Cruz thing ever just, just mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I'm gonna take it over and start cleaning it off you see Edward kind of wrinkle his nose a bit Lovely. 
Well, Elania, it seems as though you have a dwelling here. I'd love to hear your wonderful notes now, if you wouldn't mind. I can make sure that the area is secure. Okay. Well, um, I honestly don't know much about what pertains to the hearts. I'm actually, I'm trying to find a spell book, um... That was my family's, and it's in the Pinfeather District. But if my father had told me once something about casting out darkness and you use the darkness's heart, and these seem to be the guardians of each of these levels, so I wonder if maybe there's a hint to that. Could be a theory. I could be wrong. I could be correct, but it's worth a shot. Well, uh, <laughs> it's very interesting that, and I take it you're taking one heart from each of the guardians on every level? Yes. Wonderful. Uh, well, that is information to regale Azar. Once we're out of this cold, uh, Parker, why don't you get some rest? And Cruz, you look uh, mildly terrifying and <laughs> psychotic, but at the same time, I think you could use some rest as well. Uh, Humval, where did Humval go? It was worth at least a single flip through and nothing more. Ah, Huval, there you are. I mean, he can't stop reading those journals. They must be very interesting. Like, are you an amateur writer or something? There's just a lot of theories. Mm. No, he's a news reporter. She mainly drones on and on about certain topics. So I turn the page. <laughs> you say as you're holding the journal in your hand? <laughs> uh, give me that, please. I'm going to send it to my neighbors. <laughs> no, 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 just kidding. You all find your way back into Alanya's hut. And Edward sits down on the floor, kind of cross-legged, making sure that his suit is not wrinkled as much as it can be. Are your D&D games feeling stale, plain, or downright boring? Upgrade them today with beautiful landscapes, terrifying dungeons, wholesome inns, and vast forests. Draw your players into your own personal fantasy world with Arkenforge. Arkenforge.com provides hundreds of preloaded items for you to mix and match to fully customize your worlds. Use promo code CRIDNIT to get $5 off your purchase today. That's CRIDNIT. C-R-I-T-N-I-T. Hey everybody, this is Chris Cornish, your audiomancer for CRIDNIT. I just want to take a little time out to ask you to do a couple of things for us. Find us on Twitter and follow us if you haven't already. We are at crit underscore n underscore it. Also, if you could please leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Google Podcasts or wherever else that you find us, it would help other people find us and get the story out to others. And speaking of the story, let's hop back into it. Before we get into deep story time, um, Alanya, do you have a lantern? I do. And I have it. Yeah. If you need to use a gas guy, you're more than welcome to. Well, I'm going to make this much better. Thank you. And I begin carving some sigils on it to turn it into a lantern of revealing. Are you doing this secretly? Me? Yes. No. Okay. All right. Now you've all returned to the hut. Sitting down, he waits in anticipation of you to begin. Start at the beginning. 
Level by level, please. I was going to say, and honestly, you can just say that you regale to him your, your adventures. You don't necessarily have to make up an entire half book of random content on the fly if you don't want to. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I can kind of come up with like what you and I have already previously discussed. Yeah. Let me start at the beginning. So, I actually fell into the fracture when I was a child. And I don't remember everything that happened as I fell in. But when I awoke, the silvered shade was above me, and he guided me to an elevator where Relic found me. And that is when I joined Guild No One. I guess you can say I'm an orphan. And once I joined Guild No One, I started my research into the Fracture. And like I have told Cruz, and I'm going to side-eye look at Cruz many times, Yes. The further you go down, the deeper the magic and harder the magic is. I have now been through every level, and I'm now in the eighth level. And I can tell you with certainty this is true. Now, with that being said, I have been collecting the hearts of the Guardians because I have been doing, or following, I would say, the advice that my father had always told me of cleansing the heart and purifying the darkness. And I need my journal, or my, fam my family's book, that's in the Pinfeather District, because I believe it has the answers to what my father was trying to tell me. And there's definitely a presence of the gods here. Absolutely. And I definitely believe so, meeting Gaskar. Now, I do not think the gods are dead. I think they're angry. And now, you said that you fell in. Uh, was this here in Hopal, or was it in a different fracture? Um, I was around Greenwood. With my family. You were in Greenwood? Wait, back when it was still called Greenwood? Yes. Fascinating. And you fell into the... Uh, does this ring any bells? Roll a history check. Anyone who would like to attempt to remember... The name of Greenwood. Uh, that's a 19. 19? Okay. Gaskar, you would remember that Greenwood was the old name for the large swath of forest that used to be part of the Southern Sandlands. It was the elves' old home before magic left the world, left them dilapidated and dying, cut their lifespan short, and all of their great forests turned to sand and stilts. I'm trying to make sense of how Gaskar would know that. It's history. You read a lot of books on tinkering, so I mean, just books in general, you could have run across it in your studies. Sure. So, are you, you're from the Southern Sandlands before they were the Southern Sandlands? Like, in ye olde forest? Greenwood? I don't know. I've been saying Greenwood this whole time, so let me check. Does that make sense, Sawyer? Yes, if you fell in the fracture. Okay. Yep. Um, yes, I am from Greenwood. How? Sorry, I know that this is going to be awkward to ask a lady, but how old are you? You're kind of scaring me. I don't know. No, 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 no. I mean... 
Elves have been dying young for a very long time. And, DM, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is longer than what elves typically have been living, correct? Oh, yes, most certainly. Yeah. She's also spent a lot of time down here. Her body's... I am just putting the puzzle pieces together in this total assumption, so please don't, like, whack me with something, but her body is like a magical sponge. So her body's absorbing all of that, and I think she's getting back that elf long life that they lost when the magic left. So, like, I just regained the ability to breathe fire, I'm pretty sure other Dragonborns, if they spend more than a few hours down here, they'll also start gaining back their elemental breaths. So it makes sense. She's been part of the guild forever, but she's probably, what, spent five days on the surface if we're lucky. So she's absorbing all that magic. I could see her being older than any freaking Mai or even Reddick. Um, no... All I remember is I woke up and the silvered shade was above me. And that is actually the first time I met Walter because he appeared from my pendant. The silvered shade guided me to the elevator where I was found by Relic and then I was taken to Guild of No One. I, it is true, I've been in these fractures a lot, but I haven't been in them that much you know I, as much as I could and as much as a relic would allow me to which it took some time because he's known known me and I've been a part of guild no one since I was 12 so do you know that your forest is now a desert full of sand yes you would know that the word of Greenwood has not really... It's faded in and out of usage over the years, but yeah, you'd know that it's no longer exists since you fell in the fracture. But for the reason that you fell in the fracture, uh, you probably would have surmised they were correlated by the fall of the Greenwood. Yeah, yeah. I do know that it no longer exists. Okay. As long as... You know that you're ancient. And then Gaskar goes back to carving sigils. <laughs> yeah, just leave that one on there. This is the twist I was looking for. <laughs> rude. Gaskar, rude. You can't be calling women ancient. He's literally an animal. <laughs> what do you expect of him? Manners are not a part of my genetics, man. <laughs> No, apparently not. Now, you also mentioned that you had a, a a book that you were trying to retrieve. Is that of any significance to your family? Yes. Um, it was actually passed down clan leader to clan leader. It was my father's last. And I've, I've pointed it down into Pinfeather by a merchant who has it. I've tried to get it from him before, but I didn't have the funds to do so. Now I do when I come and uh, complete my contract when I get to uh, guild no one and it has oh. a lot of legends and old ancient spells for my people so I'm hoping it can help us a little I shall have a word with this merchant uh, when you go to retrieve this book 
I may be able to get it for cheaper than you may. Oh, that would be wonderful. I do hold some sway among the merchants. Now, so that's how you got down here. And you've made your way to the eighth level. You've killed the guardian on each level up to this point? Yes. And I'm going to Impressive. turn around and grab a big box and set it in front of him. And I'm going to open it. And it's going to be filled with jars of hearts. Because I'm preserving them because I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, you all are now uh, shown a box full of hearts and jars full like of all shapes and sizes. There's one of them that's like a pineapple size. Then there's another one that has the tiniest, like a mouse heart almost in it. And they're just all around. It is quite the sight. There are very tough creatures on each one of the levels that do exemplify and kind of impersonate the very like nature of that level called guardians. So far, you haven't run across any of them. So what Alanya says may be true if she's on the eighth level. The book that Humval has. I, I was I was making a reference to the journal again. It says right here that you don't follow the directions. <laughs> Close her book again. <laughs> When did she have time to scribble that? I mean, it makes sense, though. <laughs> to be fair, she updates it fairly often. Fair enough. You have regaled the story of your adventures in the Fracture down to this point. You've shown them the evidence of your hearts. After clasping the case, Mr. Edward Ludicius looks to the rest of you. Well, now that you have completed your contract, your malfeasance pact. I take it your plans are to return to the surface? I do find that it would be a, a good idea to return to the surface, but I frankly don't care about the agendas of the Guild of No One anymore. And I have my own curiosities down here in the Fracture. I think it would be good to go and resupply and get some things. But there's a reason why I asked if you could help me with attuning my switch for my own teleportation device with your crystals, because I'd rather just come down here underneath my own terms. Fair. But again, be wary of where you may wind up. In curiosity... Am I able to bring other people with me if they were, say, holding on to me, touching me in some way when I flip the switch? Yes, yes, you are. Hmm, okay, good. Might, might they all be scattered from me in the teleportation? Like, like, I might end up in the spot, but Alanya here might end up in the, like, two levels away from me? Well, I have not yet brought another soul down here with me. But from at least my calculations, it does seem as though it will at once teleport in its in its particular way all of you or all of whatever entity it is taking to one place or another, whether it misses its mark entirely or hits it. Now, again, these crystals are still experiments. There may be unforeseen consequences to them as well. I've only explored this teleportation three times since you've laid your crystals. By the way, whoever the heck hit it on the first level, 
Good job, but did you have to put it in such a tight little crevice? Absolutely. I am a thin man, but that was hard for me to get out of still. You said hide it. I hate it. Okay, I will take that. Fair enough. If you had been hide it somewhere where when I teleport to it, I will not be squished immediately. I would have hid it somewhere nicer. Fair enough. All right. Do you wish to return to the surface now, or shall we do it in the morn? Uh, That would depend on if the assassins are waiting to kill us when we get back up. When we return to the surface, we will return in a safe place. Um, before I answer that, Parker, can I have an aside with you? Yes, Gaska. Let's take a quick step outside where we can be outside of earshot. I want to discuss something with you. Uh, Parker looks at you inquisitively and, and follows you outside. Okay. Parker, um, are you curious about this map? Very much so. It, it seems to me that there is a series of tunnels going from each layer to the next, and I kind of would like to find... At least the since we're here in the fracture, find the tunnel that at least goes from here perhaps up to the seventh level and and see what that looks like even. Like if this is some sort of like mysterious portal sort of thing or it's literally a hole in a wall. I do share the same curiosity. However, once we do find this tunnel or portal or whatever it may be, I do need to Return to the surface as soon as possible. So my question is, do, do we want to do this now while Edward Ludicious is here? Or do we want to do this on our next entry into the fracture and perhaps maybe even use this? And I hold up the switch to jump into the first level where things are maybe hmm, not as dangerous. Or since we are here on this level and not having to use the risk of this, explore while we are here at the risk of having Edward Ludicious gain knowledge that we have. That is a tough choice. We must weigh the pros and cons of each decision. I don't feel like we have a lot of time to do so is the unfortunate thing. Do we fully trust Ludicious? Well, seeming as he doesn't have Castiel or a literal god inside of that box enslaving it, he's better off in my estimation than once before. The moment where you say god... Uh, Parker's eyes kind of widen and it kind of is like a full body shiver. Uh, Parker, are you okay? You just kind of looked like death rolled over. I mean, you kind of looked just now like you did like 15 minutes ago after the Igral kind of consumed you. You see him look back at the group and, and look back down at you. I, I think I did die. But when I was 
a god talk to me. What? Okay. You and I have had some weird things, but things just keep getting weirder, and I'd like to know how that's even possible, but say that again? I was visited by Goang, god of songs. Okay. What did they say? He granted me his power as a as a pact. What does that mean? He said he would call upon me. He also said something very strange that the gods were were locked away and he needs my help potentially to free them. Oh. Trust me, I'm still I'm still trying to decompress and I feel like I can talk to you since you are what you are. Yes. Ah. Okay. Do you have any leads as to where they are locked away? Did they did, did going 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 reveal this? No. Hmm. Unfortunately, once once he granted me his power, I was pulled back into this reality, or back to the living world, I guess. Okay. Maybe we need to do go back to the surface and maybe do a little bit more, a little bit more research. What? Because this is now a lot, and if I you gave me the space I needed to process what I needed, uh, and I'm still doing so, I'm going to let you take this lead. Do we go back to the surface for your sake, or do we investigate some mysteries here first? Cruz votes for service. The only reason Cruz wants to go back to the service is he, A, he wants to turn in this head, possibly make some profit from this other stuff, <clears throat> and uh, then we can come back. I mean, we're on the we're on the eighth floor. We can come directly here with the As elevator. Cruz says from the door that apparently he opened and was responding to, of which you guys had walked outside away from everyone else. Hey, Cruz got curious, and he decided to follow and stand in the uh, doorway. Uh, okay, no, we're gonna we're gonna say that if you're trying to do that sneakily, you have to make a stealth check because they they went out specifically not to be heard. Okay. Uh, that's an that's a nine. That's fair. Uh, the door opens and. You two, mid-sentence, now hear Cruz stick his head out. Now apparently interested in seeing where you guys went as nothing interesting has happened within the cabin. I just lock eyes with Parker and roll my eyes and then look at him inquisitively like, what do you want to do? Unfortunately, the, the assassins that have threatened my family are at the forefront of my mind. To the surface it is. To the surface. All right. Uh, Alanya passes by Cruz, and are you just going to the elevator? All right. I'm going to turn around and say, while you're resting, I'm going to go up to the fourth level, and I will meet you all in the guild hall. Um, Alanya, <laughs> don't, don't go to the fourth level. I know you want to remain in the fracture, and we can get back into the fracture. In fact, you've learned what we have learned, and you know what the switch can do. 
come with us back to the surface. Let's get you your book, it sounds like. And then let's all come back down here together. Okay. We all, trust me, all of us have our, mo- well, I don't know what whom Paul's motivated by, but I can speak <laughs> myself. I have every motivation to come back down here as soon as possible. All right. I do have to get to the surface for the book, but I will only join you if I can get to that fourth level as soon as possible. Uh, that's the next place I want to go. I don't want to go anywhere else. Perfect. Then, yes. If, if not for the looming danger over my family, I'd prefer to actually go deeper into the fracture. But what about the Temple of Kret? Mm. That, to me, holds the most mysteries right now, doesn't it? And the most promise? Most hope, if you will? And I'm intentionally trying to keep things as cryptic as possible because my assumption is that Edward Ludicious is within earshot. Yes, he's observing Alanya's spear collection in the corner. I'd, I'd be able to pick up what Gaskar's putting down, so... Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with him. All right. Well, then, you are all set and ready to go? Aye. All right. Uh, Edward looks out, sees all of you kind of prepping. Um, real quick, where's Walter? Like, he's just been kind of, like, dormant this whole time. Is he still passed out? Oh, uh... He's dried by this point, so... <laughs> I, he can... I, I'd imagine he would have become a tabby by this point. Is just now laying still, just warming up, now not cold. Okay. I was just like, I forgot about the cat. <laughs> Edward comes to you guys, then. Alright, are you all ready to go? Would it make sense for Alanya to have a bag of holding? Um... Yeah, from the amount of time you've spent in the fracture and up there, you could have eventually afforded one. All right, well, then, while he's asking the questions, I'm going to be gathering all my herbs and books and journals and hearts and all the things I need from my little cabin for the surface. Okay. Then take my hand, those who would like to return to the to the surface. Are we going to use your teleport things? You hardly thought we were going to take the elevator back up. Hmm. That's been our default mode of transportation, but this sounds far more entertaining. Indeed. Who moves up and awkwardly holds his hand? Oh my. What strong hands you have, Hoomval. Cruz is going to grab Hoomval's hand. <laughs> I jump up onto his shoulder. For anyone but you, Edward, I would have taken that as a slight. And I am once again very impressed that you have not. Very grateful that you have not. <clears throat> it's going to dawn on Cruz holding Humval's other hand going, should we be in a chain or should we all have hands Just on you? Just contact with someone who has contact with me should suffice, such as Gaskar on my shoulder. It should still work. Should. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm going to hold my hand out to Parker and say, Parker, do you want to hold my hand? Fine, man, I grab it. 
I reach out and I put a paw onto Parker. And then, Alanya, do you take Walter as well? Yeah, so Walter can't go topside anyway, so he's going to absorb into my pendant. Okay. <laughs> With a... Uh, it kind of like sadly rolls over and swoops into your pendant because it was warm and cuddly and nice and now it's in a pendant. I hate it too. I, <laughs> I hate it too. With that, there is a bright blue flash of light. You are all suddenly whisked away, quickly blasting through your vision is forms of black, gray, red, white, just formless shapes and colors until finally your bodies, feeling as though they were almost thrust forward at an unimaginable speed, come to a complete and immediate stop. Everything except for your stomachs, with which, with, with which practically hits your sternums and then stop, giving you the worst case of light stomach you've ever felt. Uh, Edward stops, kind of holds his own. I haven't gotten that one fixed yet. I vomit onto his shoulder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. And you find yourselves in a wooden study. Surrounding you are books of various sizes, dimensions, colors, and a large desk behind you. A small fire flickers in the uh, hearth nearby, and two large maple double doors hang in front of you. Quick, gas guy, release Jerry. We burn it down. Uh, no! <laughs> no, he doesn't know about Jerry Yeah, I don't want him to know about Jerry. I know, imagine the surprise. Hello, everything is gone. <laughs> <laughs> but I've given you everything! <laughs> All right. Not everything. We now take your life. Uh, oh, no, my life! <sighs> How dare you? The one thing I've been thwarted! All right. Yes, apologize for that. Uh, okay, well, he kind of straightens himself. Welcome to my study. Uh, let us go see your merchant friend, Alanya. Oh, yes. I immediately begin looking for any suspicious book that might be a journal. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> Dang it. Okay, please roll investigation. Cruz is also going to look around his room just nonchalantly. Okay, roll investigation. Curious looking. Oh, that's... Uh, 17. 17? Uh, 16. 17 and 16. With a 17, Humval hanging off to the left, you are able to see a thick-bound journal. It says, Journal of Devon. I replace it with Al- with Alanya's journal. <laughs> so I have no reading material. <laughs> I was did I notice this or did we uh, think already? Well I mean Edward was kind of motioning people out, so would you have been one of the first to leave or one of the last? Oh no, Alanya would have been the first to dip. Like she wants to get that book, like now. Alright, Alanya leaves. The journal left also. Uh, Cruz, as you're flipping around, you find, very interestingly, a globe. Now, this globe is very rare. Globes aren't usually 
existent in this world. Uh, however, there is one here. You haven't actually seen one in person before. You've read about them. How big is this globe? It's about two feet in diameter. I'm going to spin it. Please roll me a percentile. Oh. Forty. Forty. You spin the globe. And it just spins. Do I hear any clinking or anything? Like, is it a hidden bar? Uh, roll a perception check. That's a no. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that one. <laughs> That's a no. <laughs> Uh, no, you just spin it, and it sounds like a normal, spinny, fifth-grade globe. <laughs> I'm just going to admire it, and then I'm going to shuffle out after Hoomball. Okay. You all leave, and Edward comes oh, out. Wait, wait, wait. What? Since Hoomball goes in front of me, can I grab Alanya's journal? <laughs> you have no idea where he put it. Oh, okay. No idea. <laughs> Sorry. Uh... Yes, so you all head out to the open air of the Pinfeather District, of which you guys realize that this was kind of one of those pseudo-merchant apartments, kind of, where it's like this really nice room, but it's only usually about one or two rooms. Uh, heading out the double doors literally leads right out into the Pinfeather District, uh, of which Edward turns to you, Alanya, and... And would you lead us to this merchant? Oh, gladly. All right. Uh, guide the way. All right. You all follow Alanya, of which she leads you through the busy Pinfeathers District morning air, where everyone is just doing everything. I mean, there's merchants selling and peddling wares all over the place, very highfalutin people going from place to place, some carrying books, some, you know, writers carrying large scrolls written and kind of stuffed up underneath their arms. You see one elf kind of trip and fall and drop something. Ah, dang it! Start to, you know, uh, grab them back up again. But Alania, you lead him to the Dusty Tapestry, which is where, whatever it's called, where your book lies. Entering in, you see... A portly half-orc leaning back in a chair, his very finely crafted boots kind of kicked up on the mahogany table as he leans back in this purple and red maroon kind of studded coat and kind of oh, cracks open half an eye as he sees you all enter and oh, there we go. Fresh credits. What can I do for y'all? Oh, it's you again. Yep, it is me again. I've come for my book. Yeah, you got 5,000 credits. I'm just gonna, like, look over to Edward <laughs> and, like, in hope. <laughs> you even see Edward kind of shake his head, taken aback a little bit. You see him walk up to uh, this man and kind of set his hands on the table. Uh, hello, my good man. I do have to ask of you, what is this book that she's so interested in and that you're so interested in selling to her for such, an, a, for such a cheap amount of money for what I think it is? And immediately his, his face kind of perks up. Uh, cheap, you say? Why are you looking to buy it? See, Edward kind of look at you and, why, yes, I am. I am here to bid for the book. 
Now, I know you've offered her a measly 5,000 credits. However, I am here offering to you 6,000 credits straight from my own pocket. You see the man, eyes wide, just, yes, sir, Uh, give me but a moment. You see him rush to the back uh, and return fairly quickly, though in the moment, Edward just kind of crosses his hand, puts his arm on the table, looks back at you, Alanya, winks, and here he comes out with the tome quickly and sets it on the table. Oh, here you go. Uh, uh, Your name, sir? Mr. Edward Ludicius. And I don't want you forgetting that. This seems like quite the fine establishment. I'm looking to possibly return for more items. Keep me in the loop for any time you run across anything interesting. Yes, sir. You see him produce one of the largest cred sticks you all have ever seen. Uh, They transfer funds quickly. The man bows a thank you, takes the book, and turns. And as he crosses you, Alanya, he hands it to you and walks out into the street. Why did you do that? That's my first question. You see, as a fellow merchant, the best thing you can do when you meet a new friend is to make them very happy. Because when you return, or if they run across something interesting, they know you pay a pretty price for very interesting things. So if they get something of great value, I am the first one on their list to come to, meaning I get first pick. It's a basic marketing strategy, I assure you. This is not my first time dealing with merchants. You make competition that is fake. You seem as though you're the best. People will come to you over others. Okay. Um, if, if you don't mind, I would, I would like to go back and look at this for a moment. My study is your second home. Call it at that, Miss Alanya. The rest of you are free to join or go about your daily business if you like. Well, fun fact. Your entire business strategy puts you at the top of the get murdered by every other gang list in the sidelines. I don't know. I dealt my way fairly cleanly with the fairy merchants, offering them a little extra money for a little extra protection. They're not exactly the most bright group, but at the same time, killing me and removing my business from my, say, return journey, I promised them, where they have no access to my massive hoard of credits back at home that they don't know about and would just love to get their hands on but can't get through Hopal. I told them I'd pay a premium. The free merchants. I did. I would like to have a word with you in your study, if you have a moment. Very well. The rest of you? What do you do? Well, I just picked up some new reading material, so I'm going to go read read that. Okay. (laughs) Parker, Gaskar, what do you say we go turn this head in? I will greatly appreciate seeing the look on my face when we walk in through the main entrance (laughs) to the guild hall. That that will be very entertaining. Parker, do you want to come with us and... Um, is is his parents' house on the way to the guild from where we are? Opposite direction. 
We'll do the guild and then we'll go hit your parents' house. Well, not before the assassins have, but yes. Ooh, getting spicy. I am the spiciest home vol you will ever see. <laughs> is the Pinfeather District close? Guild hold then? The guild hold's like the center of town. I mean, the Pinfeather District is quite large. Um, the No, the guild hall is like top left corner of the Pinfeather District. And the Wharf District, where Parker's family is, is in like the top right away from the okay. Pinfeather District. Well, I definitely want to have a word with Edward first, so I'll stay on that then. Wonderful. Uh, I look, I'm going with where Parker goes, and I again look at him, make eye contact. <laughs> the guild hall will end this malfeasance back quickly. You know, before we are arrested on the streets for being escaped con- uh, convicts. That's not a bad point. Sawyer, how long would it take us if Cruz just decided to fly, pick up Parker and Gascar, and fly there instead of walking? Um, it would probably take you about twice as long because you'd be moving at 20 feet, having been burdened by two creatures. Does anyone just want me to run it and I will catch up? I hop up onto Parker's shoulder and say, well, let's head on out. All right. I thought you were staying with the Lanya Humval. No, I said I had new reading material. So four of you head off to the guild hall. Alanya, you see Edward kind of once again adjust his his dress. It's he, he seems very like particular about keeping it as pristine as possible, and he makes his way back to his study. What's he doing about that vomit on his shoulder? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Or all the vomit inside his study. You see. So, okay, sorry. I thought you projectile vomited over his shoulder and didn't get any on him, just on the on the ground in front of him. No, no, no. Uh, I said if, I, I vomit on his shoulder. Oh, okay, okay. Well, okay. If you're on his shoulder, you would have seen him at the study produce a Magitech drive from his from his pocket, <laughs> shake it. And you see the puke would disappear as he casts prestidigitation as a cantrip to get the frack rid of it. <laughs> oh, see, that's not as fun as, you know, him doing this sly business deal with a bunch of what? puke on his shoulder. <laughs> okay, fair enough. You know what? It's only at this at this point in readjusting his garb that he notices it rolls his eyes, grabs the Magitech dive very quickly, shakes it, and then it goes away. Very quickly. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm not usually such a, so out of order. Uh, it's okay, these guys do it to everybody, trust me. I've only known them for a few nights, and this is kind of a norm. You two follow your way back to his study. Upon closing the doors, he removes his coat, sets it on a coat rack very nicely, uh, underneath, you do see as kind of like a white waistcoat on various pieces of jewelry, including a black diamond silver necklace. I see you have a fancy for jewelry. Yes, I do. If you don't mind me asking, what is this? Why did you get it? Oh, just a, just a little family heirloom. Ah, uh, well, I'm one to talk about family heirlooms. 
So I wanted to talk to you about the free merchants. Have you ever heard of the Greenwood Downfall? I cannot say I'm familiar with such a name. Well, all I can say is the free merchants are directly responsible for the destruction of my clan. Well, I am sorry to hear that. Ah. Uh. So you have to understand. When I hear that you are aligned with them, my ears perk a bit. Uh, now, let me reiterate my alignment with them. Through the southern sandlands, one must travel with one of the bandit hordes in order to get to the other side. This was merely a business transaction of me paying them money not to kill me. It can be one of any of them. Your friend Humval is actually part of the Half Moon Swords, a similar bandit organization who simply promises safe crossing from the Sandlands. As a merchant, I have employed them in order to get my goods from one place to another. I do not give them any more money or pay for anything else that they do outside of ensuring I don't die. Okay. I'm gonna keep a pin on that. Alright. Well, I'm sh do you know how to speak, like, ancient elven at all? As a matter of fact, I do. So, like I have told the other guild members, I believe that each level is a representation of a god, and the guardian being even more so. So I have collected the hearts of each guardian off of what my father has always told me about purifying the heart and cleansing the darkness. Now, I believe this book contains information in regards of the guardian's hearts. So I've kind of just been winging it off of that. So if you would like to help me look at this really quick and maybe you can find even more information than I can. You see him take the book in his hands, very delicately, and he makes his way over to this desk and he sets it down, pulls out a pair of spectacles and kind of sets it on his, on his nose. Opening it up, you see his kind of bony finger just begin to run through it page by page. Can I be over his shoulder looking at this book? Yes. Uh, okay, that's what I'm doing. Looking through it, it does look like ancient Elvish. It has scripts. It has some diagrams, actually. You do see a few of them having, like, uh, almost of what it looks like to be, uh, like, the tree houses. Like, a really massive tree house, but almost, like, how you'd build one up in the tree. So it looks as though diagrams of how to craft perhaps the homes of which your ancient people would have actually lived in. Uh, of which you do recognize very vague kind of shapes of them. Like a, like a childhood house after seeing it in an old picture. Um, flipping through it more and more and more you do see one name that kind of pops out outside of the ancient Elvish script uh, in similar way as like uh, translating a name in other languages. You're able to see it just kind of pop out and it's the name Reinhardt. And as he continues flipping through, flipping through, flipping through, flipping through, it comes to the very end. And he kind of kind of closes the edge of the book and looks to you. My dear, do you have any idea the information you just gave me?
Hey everyone, this is James. You guys know me better as Cruz, and I have to start the show off with some sad news, especially for the other podcasters in the world. But I just recently learned that we lost a great pillar of a man in the podcasting world, Richard Nadoni. You may recognize the name as the narrator from the Oz9 podcast. He was an amazing talent. He was an absolutely hilarious man. He always had a smile on his face, and he was just a joy to listen to. He really pulled Oz9 together, and he was an amazing person. I was lucky enough to get to know Richard when he came over to my house for dinner with me and my family, and we later interviewed uh, him and a few more cast members of the Oz9 podcast, and he was an absolute dream. He was so funny, and he was just a great person to sit down and have a talk with. Um, I continued to get to know him better in the Cast Junkie Discord and on Twitter, and we chatted quite a bit from every everyone here at Quitten. And Richard, thank you for everything you've done, and you will be missed. And our hearts go out to the cast of Oz9 and his internal life partner, Shannon Perry. But yes, uh, for all the fans, please, if you have a sec, go over to Oz9 and download and listen to the show and show your support. Thank you, everyone, and and thank you for listening to Credit. Um, your support means all everything to us.